0: Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and I have on the line T up. T up, are you there?
1: Oh, I'm here. I survived. I don't know how I made it back to Southern California, but here I am.
0: For those that don't know, uh, your boy Just the West and my co-host T up. We were actually, last pod we were live. I picked him up from the airport in Oakland so we could attend the Niners-Panthers game. And I don't know if you can hear it but, but now, but uh, I don't know. I kind of lost my voice. It's a combination of the wind, the sun, and maybe a couple of alcoholic beverages. But um, the next day, my voice was kind of shot. So it was a very fun game. Well, what about ETF? Did you have a good time?
1: Oh man, I had a great time. That was a—it uh, was a good game from beginning to end. Uh, I'm happy we got to see the intros. We got it early. Uh, our buddy James, his son, uh, he got his bobblehead, and he was just stoked for the whole game. And it was a uh, awesome game to be around. Awesome atmosphere. Um, yeah, it was just good good times all around.
0: And I was telling you, TM, as well. Like I went to the Monday night football game. Uh, I think it was, like, week five, uh, Niners against the Browns on Monday Night Football. And I had never felt that buzz from the Niner Nation, Niner fans, the faithful. Uh, and it makes a big difference when you put a winning product on the field. But, I mean, I think this was your first home game at Santa Clara uh, at Levi Stadium, right? And for this season. Uh, for this season, yeah. For for-
1: not obviously, not the first time I met uh, in Levi's. But, yeah, this season, awesome good
0: product i think uh seattle should be the next move How does up um yeah man uh i can't believe it already let's go ahead and take a look at the standings tee up because through eight weeks in the season you have the niners first place at seven and oh um as mentioned before they played the panthers but i thought this was gonna be the hardest game of the season but kind of wasn't because they, they won 51 to 13 in which uh you know they had three interceptions, seven sacks. It was a dominant performance by the defense. Awesome. You have the Seahawks six and two, not too far behind them. Uh, they had a row game against the Falcons, and um, man, the Falcons had two missed field goals. A uh, bit of a backdoor cover at the end, but the uh, the Seahawks they won twenty seven to twenty, uh, and they just you know steady as she goes with with the Seahawks. Thirdly, he, he had the Rams. They went to London. They played the Bengals. And, uh, I mean, for, for that game, you know, the Bengals, they did have a little bit of wiggle. Um, they missed out on some key fourth down conversions. Um, Cooper Cup, I don't know if you saw the set line, he had like 200 yards and a touchdown. I don't know who was guarding him, but he was there all day down the field making yards after the catch. Um, man, he had one hell of a day. The Rams came out 24-10, to in which Aaron Donald had a couple sacks. The defense caved in uh, on Andy Dalton. And next thing you know, the Bengals actually announced uh, that they're going to bench Andy Dalton moving forward and start another quarterback uh, for the second half of the season. And lastly, you have the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals had a very tough road game against the Saints. Um, to make matters worse, I mean... I think the Saints were favored by ten. It bumped up to twelve because just a couple of days before the game started, Drew Brees, who had been you know dealing with his own sort of injuries, uh, you know the last month, month and a half, uh, he actually made a pleasant announcement that he was ready to play, uh, ready to play right before their bye week, and it seemed like he never missed a beat. He had three touchdowns and interception. Um, where the Cardinals lost nine to twenty one. Uh, that Saints pass rush, especially at Nollins at the Big Easy, was significantly better than all the other opponents they played during the Cardinals three game win streak, and so that's kind of where we're at right there. Um, do you have any, any any thoughts overall within this division? It's a pretty heated division. Niners seven and zero, Seahawks six and two, Rams five and three, Cardinals three four and one.
1: Yeah, I'm just you know what I'm just pretty. I mean. this is... NFC West. I said it in the last part. I'm going to say it again. Like it's just such a stacked division. If you if you put any other AFC team in our division, I don't even know if they're going to be, you know, even in second place. Because was you know, it's it's good to see. You know, we were we were NFC West was in this position about um, back in 2012, 2011, um, even a little bit after 2012, and you know, it's it's good to see we're, we're back on top, you know? Um, and I'm sure, you know, Seahawks fans, Cardinals, you know, looking promising, and, you know, obviously with the Niners, this is, uh, you know, it's a good year
0: to be in the NFC West. Yeah, and it's funny too, because when I started this whole Just the West blog ordeal too, I used to call it, uh, the NFC West, the black and blue division that is the NFC West. And, um, You know, you flash forward to 2019, and you're looking at all these front sevens. I mean, the Niners, obviously, with their front four pass rush. You got the Seahawks with their linebackers. The Rams, obviously, with Aaron Donald and Dante Fowler. And shoot, even the Cardinals, you have Chandler Jones and and Terrell Suggs. Not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, I think the biggest wrinkle, more importantly, for this year in 2019 is just the quarterbacks have a lot of intrigue. Jamie Garoppolo, Russell Wilson, Jared Goff. Uh, newcomer Kylie Murray uh, 2019 it's a passing league and it seems like The NFC West as a whole Is taking that next step towards um, You know changing for the times
1: Yeah no doubt that's uh, Exciting time, And you know talking about injuries We'll we'll, we'll talk about it in a little bit but uh, You know this is the time of the season When it's just uh, you know it's a game of attrition It's next man up Waiting for the And you know stepping up and
0: and when your number is called, you gotta you gotta perform. Exactly, exactly. So, before we uh, talk about the matchup ahead, because I mean, guys, for this podcast, I can't believe it. Uh, just the West, we're on a short week right now. Uh, we're recording this on a Tuesday night in anticipation of getting this to y'all on Wednesday because dun dun dun. We have Thursday night football. NFC West, we have uh, the Niners traveling to Arizona against the Cardinals. Uh, For an NFC West game that I'm very excited for. Just because we get to see NFC West football ahead of time. But that means that we don't have too much time to talk about the matchups that had already happened. Because I want to get up to the matchup at hand for week 9 tee-up. So let's just go ahead and talk about some of the other things that happened this week. Uh, Just because as of today, uh, the the trade deadline had happened, right? Um, But not many trades happen. There was one trade by the Rams that, I mean, I, I just want your two cents. It was kind of, like, in my opinion, it's like the Andrew Boga trade where the Rams, they already had a keep to Tlaib, uh cornerback. He was on injured reserve with a shoulder injury. He wasn't going to play the rest of the season, but they traded him along with a fifth-round pick to the Dolphins, and the Dolphins uh, gave them a feature seventh-round pick. It's essentially a salary dump, and it's just crazy because, like, just a year, year and a half ago, you had Marcus Peters, Aqib Tlaib, the de on your roster, they were in the Super Bowl, and now all three of them are gone. Uh, it was a straight-up salary dump. Tee up, I mean, why, and what do you make of it, and what do you have done this trade? I mean, it was just kind of an odd trade, and, and kind of took me by surprise, I guess. Yeah, no, definitely. It took me by surprise, too, when I found that this
1: afternoon. At first, I really didn't understand it, Um, but then I talked to one of my buddies who's a a Rams fan, and he explained that, you know, Jalen Ramsey's going to need to get paid, and at some point, Jared Goff is going to get paid. So, I mean, it makes sense from the money standpoint, Um, but it's just so crazy how, you know, the Rams, they just, the roster turned over just like that. Literally, it just shows that the window for for a championship run and for – an all-star type of roster that they had um, just last year and the year before that. It just it can just change in the snap of a finger, which is pretty nuts thinking about it.
0: If you think about it, yeah, man, it kind of reminds me of like you know the the Eagles of old when remember they had that all-star team with um, Awesome Wa and Michael Vick. I mean, it, it was crazy back back then, and you know you, you go uh, 2019 now. You're seeing a very similar buy now sentiment um but i'm intrigued too with the Rams because right now they're in year in my opinion they're in year two of a year three year four by now uh just because they don't have that many first round picks anymore if any they've traded most of the draft capital they spent a good exorbitant amount on their defense uh they just gave jared goff a huge extension um so in terms of the cap uh, they're pretty much right up there um they got to get a little bit creative. They just traded for Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey is going to get paid because you don't trade two first round picks to not pay him and retain his services. So, as much as it hurts to see Akib Tlaib and Marcus Peters go, salary cap wise, I mean something's got to give, and I totally get it. It's just, it's just weird though. You know, there was just only a season ago those two quarterbacks were in the Super Bowl, and now Marcus Peters is on the Ravens. And Tlaib, I don't know if he's actually going to play for the Dolphins, but he's, at least in the interim, he's in Miami, you know? Well, what's
1: your thoughts on Troy Hill lining up opposite of Ramsey? Yeah. Do you think so, that's something that could work out, or um, when you, what's your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I mean, so conversely, so what's what's the fallout with this? So uh, Tlaib, he's gone anyways. I mean, he was on. We, he was we on, know what we're going to get
1: with Jalen Ramsey, right? So yeah. That's, you don't need discussion is you know it's pretty obvious but you know it's what on the opposite side of him I think it's
0: what is going to be uh more of an impact yeah I mean to your point about that I think that um you know we already knew that Talibu wasn't going to play anyways he he was out for the rest of the season um so you already had Troy Troy Hill slated to start anyways um opposite of Jalen Ramsey but um you know Troy Hill is, is a guy that has been slowly like you know, he he wasn't really drafted that high. He had to work his way towards the roster and whatnot. Um, he's slowly been in the mix on their roster the last couple of years. Um, the way that I know Troy Hill is he's always, I wouldn't say he's like Marcus Peters, but he, he's the type that likes to gamble quite a bit. He tends to bite on the double move. Um, so, I mean, there's that, I, I guess, in regards to like getting those Marcus Peters quality um, you know, their nickel is still solid with Nickel, Robbie Coleman I think this means that their other Mid-round prospect that they drafted Out of uh, Michigan David Long, he's going to get A little bit more PT in the second half And he's a physical cornerback Where, you know um, you know, I think they drafted him in the third round They had high hopes for him uh, I think um uh, That gives them a vote of confidence In David Long moving forward And even right now, I mean, you just look at the safeties too, because I forgot to mention this as well. John Johnson, the third, the strong safety, he's on the injured reserve. So you have Marquis Christian uh, as the starting strong safety. Uh, But that also gives a nod to their second round pick, which is Taylor Rapp out of University of Washington. And so you're seeing a lot of their younger secondary players from this rookie class. Um, You're seeing their numbers being called earlier, than maybe would have been expected, but I get it, they're going into the second half and this is why he draft these kids. Um, they're phys- well, at least for, for David Long, he's a physical quarterback. Taylor Rappi's um, he, you know he's a smart um, IQ, uh, very very uh, knowledgeable of the game. Um, so I will be intrigued to see what happens since that Marcus Peters, Gi to and Joe John Johnson, they're no longer on the secondary.
1: And what should Rams fans expect for the second half of the season? I mean, technically, I mean they're doing well. They're winning the games that they're supposed to win. Um, you know, they're getting to the meat of the season. Uh, injuries have taken its toll. Trade trade deadline has passed. What, what should we expect?
0: I mean, for this, I think that the defense. I wouldn't be so worried about the defense. You saw. The Rams wrecked the Bengals. You saw them wreck the Falcons. I mean, their two-game win streak, though, they're against, you know, really shitty teams uh, in the Falcons and the Bengals. I mean, that's kind of what they've been kind of acquiring. You know, you have your Aaron Donald. You have your Dante Fowler. Now you have Jalen Ramsey. I mean, you have some star-studded players uh, on that defense. And so I'm not too worried about the defense as I am about, um, you know, just going back to it, especially... When it really comes to it, um, this offense, this offense looks really good this past week against the Bengals. Jared Goff found his connection with Cooper Cup, um, But, you know, there's been injuries to Brandon Cooks. Um, Robert Woods, he's been kind of on and off. Uh, thankfully, we saw a little bit of promise out of Joshua Reynolds with his touchdown this past week. Um, but just getting some consistency with his offense, especially when you play some of the tougher teams. Todd Gurley had a touchdown this week as well. But going back to your point, T up about his load management and where they're at with their other rookie, Devery Henderson, kind of how they come back to their identity because last year when they made the Super Bowl, they were a run heavy team, a a play action team that Jared Goff strived on, Um, and this year they've kind of gotten away from it. Um, A lot of it has to do with just some of the turnovers they've had and some of the misfortunes. But for the second half of the season, I'd like for them to kind of reinvent the run game and, you know, show why they made the Super Bowl last year. Um, that's that's kind of my, my point.
1: Okay. Yeah, and, you know, I would like to see Gurley did score touchdowns uh, this last game. And, it, you know, if they're heading into the bye week, this is a good note to move to out in the bye week with these two wins. Um, after the bye week, this schedule doesn't look – I mean, it doesn't look too bad. I mean, they're at Pittsburgh. And then they're home against Chicago and then home again against uh, Baltimore. So, I mean, if they go 2-1-1, I could see even, a, you know, a clean sweep for the next three games and then then heading into the divisional games with the Arizona, you know. yeah, they're, they're still in the mix. I definitely don't count them out.
0: Exactly. I, uh, I think that their defense is right there, their offense. Uh, they just needed to make those adjustments, and I think they certainly can in the second half. So don't count those Rams out yet. Um, nope. another thing that kind of sucks even though the Seahawks are 6-2 and two, they're 6-2 and two, uh, they won the battle but did they win the war dot 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 um, their center Justin Britt, who's been a key staple for them on their offensive line and their run game and their pass protection just a good glue guy they gave him a, an extension in the off season but he tore his ACL he's out for the season huge blow for the Seahawks just a huge blow It's um, it's one of those things where you know, um, further run game between Chris Carson and Rashad Penny, um, it's gonna be it's gonna be tougher. Um, T up in regards to this. Right now, the Seahawks are six and two. Um, they've been kind of hanging along there. I mean, what's your take with this team as we enter the second half of the season? Uh, you
1: know, uh, you know, the saying goes. You don't take it for granted until it's lost, and it. Track record in the NFL shows that when it, when you lose your starting center, which they lost Brit, you know it'll be interesting to see how how they're going to manage that offense line now. These centers, especially you know the Pay collar called out, the blitz, called out, um, the blue the line trying to beat them. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting to see <clears throat> how that goes. It, you know their offense Russell Wilson is performing and very very high caliber, um, and I expect him to do so in the next game versus Tampa. Um, but you know, playing home against Tampa, in Tampa they gave a hard time to uh, you know they beat the Rams in LA, so anything is possible there. All right. But yeah, but you know that's going to be definitely an interesting. Point is losing Brit on that um, for the year and now. They're going to have to plug a, a non-starter into that position. Yeah, will it affect the run game? Is it going to affect uh, Russ? Is it going to have to scramble more out of the pocket? You know, those are all something to take to, to you note know, when you watch
0: uh, watch them moving forward. I'll be intrigued too because I mean it's been working so far, but I mean, shoot, you just look at the stat line. Um, all the receivers outside of like T- Tyler Lockett didn't do much. DK Metcalf, he had three catches. Two of them were touchdowns. Reds on threat, obviously, which is awesome. But, you know, Tyler Laquette is pretty much their offense in, in, in the past game. Uh, Will Disley's out for the season. We mentioned that last week. He had another, uh, you know, season-ending injury. Um, but t- Tyler Laquette, he had six catches for 100 yards. He's been Russell Wilson's go-to guy. And, you know, not to discredit Tyler Lockett, but, I mean, for Russell Wilson, he doesn't have that many options moving forward. Uh, David Moore, Turner, Hollister—I mean, these guys aren't—you know, these guys aren't NFL starter caliber guys. Um, you would hope that DK Metcalf grows in the second half because, I mean, they're they're really going to need some some more options for for Russell Wilson. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, like just said, Tyler Lockett—that's that's a boy, and he's performing. Um, you know, it's very reminiscent. You know, the Niners. Obviously, we were never this good when we were kind of like in the transition phase, Um, you know, from from the normal roster to the new year coming in. But not having Tyler Lockett being our number one receiver at the moment, it's um, kind of reminiscent of the miners when we, you know, all these years that we've been missing a wide receiver and we're just kind of, you know, just humping along, just trying to trying to find our way, but. I mean
0: Russell Wilson, he he's he kind of like that saving grace of the offense, and the running is uh, he's performing pretty well. All right. Uh, thank God they have Tyler Lockett. Um, that chemistry between Wilson and Lockett has been money this series, been absolute money. Uh, they gave Lockett a three-year extension uh, last last offseason. I thought it was kind of premature, but uh, the Seahawks front office knows what they have in, in, in regards to Lockett. So um, very intriguing. Very intriguing. Uh, any other what thoughts what's
1: your second half thoughts yeah, go. yeah, what's your second half thoughts um, moving forward for Seattle the next few matchups they have um just said Tampa Bay at home, and then right before the bye week, they're playing in San Francisco for Monday night, so do you see them splitting that? maybe going two and oh and two what do you think
0: you know the Seahawks right now, I'd say their first half they were very lucky to be six and two because they've had a couple of uh very close wins where it could have gone either way, but you know what? Fuck it. They did win, right? So they're at 6-2, and two. and I think that uh, the second half might come into their favor because, you know, that offense as a whole, um, Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson. I think they'll be fine, even though I am kind of concerned about their receivers, but I think they'll turn along because, I mean, they, they run the ball Anyways, they run the ball very well between Chris Carson and Rashawn Penny. I'm seeing a little bit more oomph, a little bit more juice out of Penny, which is good to see in the second half. I think more importantly, uh, if the Niners were to go down in Week 10 to the Seahawks, uh, I think that we're kind of waiting, but I think it can be possible where they're front seven between Jerron Reed, Ziggy Ansah, and Dave Van Clowney. It will finally click. And come together for their pass rush. Um, Already you can make a case that their linebackers are the best linebackers in the league. In terms of coverage, you have Michael Kendricks, Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright. So you don't got to worry about that end of the front seven. You're just worrying about the front four. Um, I won't say I'm confident, but in the second half, I think that you know, given the amount of time Gerard Reed just came back from his suspension, maybe you'll see a little bit of LJ Collier That front seven, that pass rush, if it comes back in the second half, uh, I think that they could have a very good chance of being the Niners in Week 10. Uh, Just because, I mean, mentally, the Seahawks have always beaten the Niners, and if they can give the Niners their first loss of the season, it would be a very big statement win for them. Uh, I won't say I'm confident, but I I think that they do have, um, they certainly have have it within their grasp to, to do it, you know?
1: Yeah, and they, something to, uh, to keep in mind is for that game in two weeks, Monday night, both the Witherspoon and Staley are slated to return, so we'll um, we get two key starters back during uh, for that game. Um, could be interesting.
0: It could be real interesting. Um, I think it you know these two teams, obviously they're the first and second uh, of the NFC West. Um, it's a, a rivalry that's been dominated by the the Seattle Seahawks in years past. Um, So this should be a very lit game. I I can't wait for that. Not to go ahead of Week 9, but I can't wait for Week 10 when they play in Monday Night Football. Yes, sir. Speaking of, let's go ahead and talk about Week 9, Thursday Night Football. We've talked about the Rams, the Seahawks. So let's give credit to the matchup at hand right now, okay? Tee up. Week nine, Thursday night football. You have the Niners on a short, well, it's a short week for both of them. Um, but the Niners are coming off a resounding win at home. And they traveled to Arizona, in which the spread is the Niners are favored by 10 over under 43. If you look at the injury re- report for the Niners, you have running back Matt Breida. He left the game uh, in the second half, I believe, with an ankle injury. Jeff Wilson, their other running back, left the game with a stinger on his shoulder. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, just give me your initial thoughts about this game in particular. Uh, Kyler Murray and that offense, um, you know, they lost 9-21. to But keep in mind, they, they also had a couple of mishaps. It could have been a lot closer game, actually, against the Saints. <coughs> they had a couple of fourth-down conversions where they could have converted and made it closer, but... You know, it was it was tough. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, he had a touchdown catch, um, couldn't get his feet in properly. Kyler Murray, he had, he had some chances, but um, you know, it might be in the Cardinals' advantage to have the Niners on a short week um, because Kyler Murray, obviously, he's, he's tough to come down by. Um, they haven't seen him before. Um, maybe this could be a trap game for for the Niners.
1: That's exactly
0: what I was going to ask. Do you, do you smell, smell a little, uh, maybe a little chappiness here? I do. I do. I, let's just say, you know, because up to this point, too, for, for the Niners, they haven't really, uh, you know, no, Jerrigan, no. They haven't played the Seahawks yet. So this is going to be their first mobile quarterback. I think it's a very intriguing matchup between, you know, the number one pick and the number two pick, respectively, with between Kyler Murray and Nick Bosa Um, But I think that Kyler Murray has something up his sleeve at home uh, on National Spotlight. And he knows, you know, given all the attention that Mbosa's been having, uh, he would love to perform on such a high level. And I think he certainly can. Uh, I I think that for the Niners front four, you know, while they are a great pass rush, um, Kyler Murray is able to elude defenders. And he can make it real interesting. Let's just say that. He can make it real interesting... Uh, but the one thing that I'm kind of worried about this offense is, you know, David Johnson, he's not expected to play. Um, Chase Edmonds, he left the game with a hamstring injury last week. So they had to trade a fifth-round pick to get Kenyon Drake from the Dolphins. He's coming into the mix with uh, a very limited, you know, knowledge of, of the of the playbook. So you have your starting running back, you know, not knowing the whole playbook. And so that means, I don't know, are, are they going to pass more? If that's going to happen, that's going to be into the Niners' advantage because... You know they love obvious passing situations, right?
1: Yeah, and oh, man, you know, having a new, a brand new running back, unfamiliar with the playbook, come in against the number one defense in the NFL—that's uh, gonna be it's gonna be uh, rough, rough waves, rough waters for the first uh, first game for for Cam Drake.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But you never know, hey, you know, we learned in the NFL there's no such thing as a guaranteed win, so um they can put up a fight. Um but you know, I don't know, it's kinda of, it's kinda of hard to see right now against uh just the way that our um uh, the Niners defense is executing.
0: Conversely though, at least for the Cardinals defensively, what I can say in the Cardinals benefits, you know, when you play this Niners um uh this Niners defense is not this Niners defense, this Niners offensive line is, you know, their, their tackles, you know, I know that Joe Saley could come back, but you still have, uh, you still have Justin School and, you know, Brent Skill. you know, someone else is still going to be holding down the right side, right? Um, It's probably going to be Justin School as the right tackle, which means whether it's going to be Chandler Jones or, or Terrell Suggs, I mean... They have really good edge rushers. Chandler Jones is still an elite edge pass rusher. And if you can get to Jamie G, you can get him uncomfortable, because Jamie G always makes one stupid, horrendous throw every game. Through what, seven games, he has seven interceptions. So that means he throws a pick every effing game. If they can get him to do that, and then some, get to him, force a fumble, I don't know, man. That's the trap aspect I, I'm getting at, T.O. Yep. If, uh, let's be uh, optimi- uh,
1: cautiously optimistic. How about
0: that? And let's just say this too because Matt Breida, let's just say he doesn't play. Let's just say that most of you, i I heard he's. he was kind of, eh, you know, like let's just say like their, their run game gets compromised because they don't have the full arsenal. Um, that plays perfectly into the Cardinals uh, Cardinals game game plan. So, Uh, if the Cardinals were to win, it would be a little bit wonky, but you know, given it's Thursday night football on a short week, stuff like this could happen. That's all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Um, any, any matchups in particular that you're intrigued about? Um, I know that Emmanuel Sanders will be, this will be his second game as a Niner on a short week. Patrick Peterson's back. That should be interesting. I think that George Kittle against Hassan Riddick, uh, that should be kind of cool. Um, anything else top of mind that, that kind of yeah I don't know tickles tickles your fancy tea up? Uh, this
1: is, this will be uh pretty exciting because we're going to see Kyler Murray play for the first time. Um, I guess looking at him under a microscope, past games, you know, I just kind of been watching the accelerated version of the of the games and highlights. So yeah, excited to see him and see how he performs.
0: Okay, another thing to kind of note too is just come some of the. Uh, the GOATs to appreciate, you'll have Richard Sherman likely match up against Larry Fitzgerald. Um, a couple, I, I don't know, it's, it's just one of those things where I don't think the Cardinals and Niners have really hated each other. I think there's a, a little underlying amount of respect, but kind of cool to see some of these grizzled veterans, um, you know, face off against each other. Um, it's also worth noting, too, that at least for, for the Cardinals' uh, perspective, They've actually won, I think, their like their last seven, eight matchups against the Niners. So it's not like the Niners have necessarily had their number either. Um actually it's it's been the Cardinals that have had their number the like the last couple of years. Yeah. that's uh yeah.
1: It's gonna be an exciting game to watch. So anything could happen in the desert.
0: So Niners are ten over under forty three so I guess it's kind of a, a slower-paced game because it's Thursday Night Football. It kind of assumes that the Niners are going to try to run it, force turnovers. I don't know. Not really not really do too much in the passing game just by looking at this over-under. Um, Kyler Murray on the other end with a limited running back. I don't know. Uh, how do you want to call this game right now, T.O.? Uh, in my opinion,
1: 1943 is kind of low. I think the spread is pretty reasonable. Um, I think the Niners are just going to continue to just just hammer it on them. I think they're going to they're going to open up the playbook a little bit more against this team because I think they have a little bit more wiggle room to play with. Um, but then be cautious because you know they're on the road and they, they need to get this type of win. So let's go. I'm going to go Niners. I'm going to go Niners thirty-two. Thirty-two.
0: Cardinals, oh man. Go Thirteen. Ahead. Say it again. 30, all right. So now thirty two thirty-two. The Cardinals. What? Thirteen. Damn, son. You have been killing the Cardinals. Well, I mean, I don't blame yeah. you, but
1: yeah, man. Shit. Hey, I called. I called thirty-one points last game, and
0: they ended up putting up fifty-two. So, I'm just saying. Fifty burger. Gotcha. Okay. I don't know why i'm so optimistic i don't say optimistic but i always seem to give the cardinals a chance i mean especially at home um short week i know the niners haven't been well both teams haven't really been doing much in practice i disagree with you where you say that the niners might try to do a a bunch of new stuff they're on a short week i think they're gonna have a much simpler game plan i think that's why the over under is at 43 i mean that both teams are going to try to um control the clock Easier said than done for the Cardinals, but um, at least for the Niners' aspect, I can imagine them really holding down in the run game and just kind of keep it out of uh, uh hands and, you know, less turnovers. That would be good for the Niners. Um, give me the Niners. Give me the Niners 24. Give me the Cardinals 13. Kind of a bo- not a boring game, but just a – Pretty straightforward game, 24-13 Niners in which they force turnovers, they run the ball, they play keep away, they dominate the TOP. Uh, Kyler Murray he'll have some wiggle, he'll get he'll get a touchdown early on, uh, but eventually kind of like what we've seen, like last week against the the Saints for example, um, they only ha- had nine points, they only had three field goals. Uh, Kyler Murray will bring them down to the red zone, but he's gonna have a hard time defending not defending but going up against that Niners front four I don't think they're going to get any touchdowns after that mostly field goals so give me the Niners 24 the Cardinals 13 all right guys so with that being said Wednesday have a great Wednesday midweek tomorrow is Thursday night football in the NFC West It is going to be awesome tee up are you going to be watching the game anywhere or are you going to be a good boy and just just watch it at home I mean I don't know. My voice is a little shot, but I don't know. Are you still going to turn up for this game?
1: Uh, uh, we shall see. I think I might want to enjoy this game maybe, uh, you know, with some volume, sitting on a comfortable uh, cushioned chair, and just uh, just enjoying soak it all in.
0: All right. Right on. Well, to our loyal listeners, appreciate you guys following us on Spotify or iTunes. Also, check us out on Twitter, at Just the West, Instagram, at JustTheWest, and of course, the blog, www.justthewest.com. Until next time, we out here. Peace.
1: Later.